Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every Saturday. How's it going, everybody? This is the Headliners. I'm joined by Wes Sanderson and James Krause. I am Jared Huff. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing all right. You know, counting down the days. Next week, I'll be in a little bit warmer weather coming to you live. So, Oh, we got somebody joining us. Hey, Walid, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Tuesday morning definitely felt like uh, NBA fans last year in January for me. That's how I, I was I nervous as hell. It was it was extreme Kobe vibes when uh you know Tiger Woods had a tragic car accident. Luckily, it has come out that he was not impaired. That was kind of the biggest thing. Like after we had heard he was taken to the hospital, like me as a golf fan, I was like, okay, like now listening and like i was on twitter all day on tuesday i was just like this sounds eerily familiar from three years ago when he was in florida and he got arrested because he was driving under the influence of prescription drugs and he thought he was in los angeles on a complete other coastline and then the the original scandal of when he wrapped his car around a telephone pole because of the exact same thing uh which kind of started the saga of Tiger Woods and car accidents and, you know, the aftermath of cheating on his first wife. Um, You know, it's so hard for me. Like I was worried because, you know, that was the guy who I grew up like watching and envying, Um, you know, everybody wanted to be Tiger Woods. Uh, It's great to know that he is okay. I mean, the injuries are extremely expensive, um, to have a rod put in your tibia and fibula and then have pins and screws put in your ankle to where you completely shattered it. Um, he had, um, it's whatever Alex Smith had. Remember that the or commuted, uh, open fracture. Yeah. That he had a commuted open fracture. So they had to like open up his muscle tissue and all of that. Um, so again, he's not out of the woods. He has been moved from, uh, the one UCLA medical center to another one. I'm assuming he's not going to be traveling down to Florida anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's just hard for fans. And this is my like gripe coming from it initially off the bat was fans were more worried about is tiger ever going to play again? And that's a valid question. I think that we can debate that today. Like, is he going to be able to come back for Yeah, Now that we know he's like, Um, okay. And alive. Yeah. I mean, he's not out of the woods, but, you know, everybody was more like, is he ever going to play again? Who cares? He's got like, two kids. Like, I didn't know if he was alive or like. Yeah. Well, dying. and you looked, I I put in the chat, like what the, what the car looked like. He is lucky to be alive. Like that car is totaled. I mean, great, horrible advertising, but I mean, it's great for Genesis to be like, well, the car saved his life, but <laughs> You know, this is what we're looking at now. I, it, I, I think that Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy on Wednesday said it best um, in their press conferences. You know, everybody wants Tiger to come back. But at the end of the day, he's a dad first. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just be glad that he's going to be able to see his kids again. His kids didn't lose their dad. Um, you know, if he comes back, more power to him. Um as a fan, I don't want to see him go out like this without a doubt. I never want to see him go out like without on his own terms. Um, 
I think he played it. And this is my take. And then I'll throw it to you guys on it. If you think that he'll actually return to play. I think he comes back from it. He plays one year and he does like a Jordan farewell tour. He hits his 12 events that he normally plays in. He'll go play the masters every year, you know, but I think he'll play one more competitive season and then he will hang it up. I just don't see him being able to come back from those injuries on top of everything else. Even if he's able to do that, God knows when that's going to be. I mean, first off, he's got to be able to walk again. <laughs> like right. I, uh, speaking personally from a family that last May was involved in a rollover car accident and how my grandma who was in it is still unable to walk without a cane and stuff like that when she was fine prior, you know, let's get Tiger Woods walking before we decide right. on, on if he's going to have one last hurrah. Like, and I think the part of why uh, it was such a big deal when the news came out was because of the things Wes mentioned of the scandal back in 2010. I mean, I had uh, family and friends asking me, that's the biggest news story of the sports day. Right. And it probably is of the week. Um, because I think it invoked all those same sort of scary uh, thoughts that we had when we heard about Kobe dying and we heard about there was a helicopter crash uh, last year. Yeah. I think that, you know, you looked at like the footage that came out and you know, the context of it was never good. Anybody who watched the Genesis Inventational on Sunday, which Tiger Woods was in Los Angeles because of that, his foundation was hosting it. So he was there doing media hits and stuff like that. There was a photo circulating on Sunday of him in an interview with Jim Nance and the dude looked baked out of his mind on something like either like doped up on painkillers or some of the California grass that's legal there and not in Florida. You know, it just, it didn't look good to then, you know, two days after the fact we're dealing with this, you know, it was like, did he really like go off the deep end again? And as fans, you know, Tiger Woods drives the needle on golf content. If Tiger Woods is going to play somewhere, ratings are going to be up. Um, It just wasn't a good look for everything that was going on. I'm glad that, you know, the LA County Sheriff's department has already come out and said like, look, this was no impairment or anything else. They've made that really clear. Um, It was just a freak car accident that turned out to be really bad. Um, But, you know, we're, we're now in a waiting period. Like, you know, he's not out of the woods. He has been transferred out of ICU. Um, But again, it's going to take a long time to get back from that. You know, Yeah, I don't even like I'm going to speculate. And this is like completely like me as an athlete who has had back injuries playing golf. Um, He's not going to play 2021. He probably won't play 2022. Um, You're looking at a minimum. Probably if he gets back to to actually being able to work and he had a back surgery prior to this. So, again, he was already benched because of that you're maybe looking at him making a return, you know, maybe June of 2022, possibly. But again, it, if he's only got a limited number of starts, I think Tiger rests. I think he comes back December of 2022, plays the PNC with his son, Charlie, 
like as his first event um, out of anything. I think that will be the, I think he can win that tournament. I think that that would be a great way for him to go out is winning a tournament with his son, um, which drew a lot of eyes. And then coming back in 2023 and playing his normal schedule, starting in San Diego, going from San Diego and then playing Pebble Riviera, taking a couple weeks off, play the Florida swing, play the masters rest U S open PG or PGA U S open and wrap it up at the open championship, come back, play one last tournament in the States and, you know, call it quits. And, mm. and, and that pains me to say as a fan, because I love watching Tiger Woods and I'm going to, if he announces that he's only playing one season, I'm going to go hit multiple events just to see him tee it up. Um, but he has nothing left to prove, you know, Jack's 18 majors is out of the question at this point. Like, I really don't believe that he's going to get it. Um, just go out on, I, I just wanted to see him go out on his own terms instead of just not being able to swing a club, but we're not even there yet. Like this is a week from that. All right. So um, yesterday uh, we are recording on Friday. So this was Thursday. Uh, Russell Wilson came out and said that although he hasn't demanded a trade from the Seahawks, he is open to going to these four teams, the Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints. uh, Oh, I almost said Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders and Chicago Bears. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, I'm tired of hearing about all the. First off, I I want to talk about Deshaun Watson also because Stephen A. Smith went off on him wanting to go to Chicago, and I'm like, dude, yeah, one of his that. three picks is the Jets. Like he's gonna he doesn't give a damn about any of that about going to a franchise with quality if the Jets is on his top three. And the Russell Wilson thing, we've talked about it before <laughs> the show. It was like, uh, you know, I don't want anything for Christmas. But if I were to get anything for Christmas, and then they've rolled out a list of things they want for Christmas. Uh, this, all, this all hurts because I know at the end of the day, opening week for the Bears, our quarterback's going to probably be, you know, It'll be Trubisky again. And you didn't God say for- it out loud. God God forbid it'll Speak be Speak it into worse. existence. Speak it into existence. You know, we'll have we'll have I don't know some backup quality starter. We'll have all these people who are saying I'm interested in the Bears and the Bears won't get them. And even if we do get them, it does like God bless Russell Wilson, God bless Deshaun Watson. They are not going to Make they're this not going to help that roster. They're mm-hmm. not going to make this team a Super Bowl contender because in a year or two, Mac's going to be out. If they re-sign Mac, it's a miracle. Um, if they don't trade him already, because he's he's such a a huge, he's got a stranglehold on the cap situation. They don't have as many great skill position players as, for instance, Wilson had in Seattle, or even uh, uh, the Texans had with uh, um, Watson. They have a better O-line. That's what they have going for them, I guess, in both situations. But even then, there's question marks there. Like, we can the, the Bears can get whatever quarterback they want 
it's not going to like quarterback isn't the number one issue I think with this team while we're while we're having this conversation uh I want to bring up an interesting stat actually I'll bring that uh, let me find this stat it's a Mitchell Trubisky stat and it's going to surprise oh a lot of people I think I think why he's looking for that I think that you know the debate on Russell Wilson leaving at the end of the day um I think Matthew Barry tweeted it out yesterday from ESPN's uh, fantasy football. He was like, I'll trade Pete Carroll. Um, I'll trade their GM. Like I'll get rid of their GM before I get rid of Russell Wilson. Like Seattle would be an idiot to mm-hmm. did like to deal him. Um, just looking at like the actual like teams that he's listed there. I don't really think any of them have the cap space to take that on without down significantly downgrading their offense or their defense. New Orleans is already $200 million over the cap. Like, you know, they can't assume that Dallas makes a little bit of sense of Jerry Jones just kind of does away with Dak Prescott, because I think at that point, it's not even a lateral move. It's slightly bit of, it's a more of an upgrade on the offensive side of the football. Dallas just doesn't have a defense. So again, you're, you're hoping that, you know, Russell Wilson can just outscore teams in the NFC East, which is possible. It's the NFC East. Um, but the Bears issue, I agree with James on the idea that quarterback isn't the number one issue that's going to take them, like them fixing that is going to put them into the playoffs and actually have them win a game. Um, do I think Russell Wilson makes them more than a nine and seven football team? I think so. But again, what are you giving up? Like, what are you going to give up if you're the bears? You don't have any draft capital right now. And then, so then you're just picking players off the roster, which is going to eventually downgrade you. So it's a fine line in my opinion. Well, in the last 50 years, sorry, in the last 50 years, only one quarterback has started 50 plus games and not thrown a pick six. And that man is Mitch Trubisky. How? (laughs) That's hell? what I said. How the hell? It feels like he has. I guess he hasn't, but it feels like it. Uh, if this tweet is correct, this is from NFL memes. Uh, he is 64 touchdowns, 37 picks. Two to one ratio. Basically. Yeah. Waleed, what do you think of the uh, Russell w- Wilson situation? Uh, honestly, I was going to say that, you know, from like my perspective, from the team's perspective, you guys are talking about uh, like what they would give up. If I'm one of these like GMs or one of these coaches and I'm talking and I can get Sean Watson or Russell Wilson, uh, I think I'm giving up like a minimum, like four first round picks just to start, like just to get to that conversation. Uh, like a quarterback just moves the needle that much for a team. I know you guys are saying about the Bears that their biggest like hole isn't even quarterback, but and I agree with that. But even if they have Russell Wilson, I feel like that just takes them to a whole nother level. Or Deshaun Watson, one of these like all-star superstar quarterbacks that just takes them to another level. You can't do that with a guy like the Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. We've seen this year that they just keep struggling no matter who's the quarterback in. That the offense is just not going to be clicking. I'd have to agree with that. I'm a little more on the position that while uh, Wilson coming in might not make us a Super Bowl contender, I think it will do a like it will have a significant impact on the team um, because the Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback of that tier. 
you can like there's an argument mm-hmm. where the best Bears quarterbacks either like Jay Cutler or Sid Luckman, and Sid Luckman hung up his cleats in 1950. I mean, we're talking an era where quarterbacks were throwing about as many touchdowns as they were interceptions. Luckman threw, I believe, 137 touchdowns to 132 interceptions, and that man is in a debate as the greatest Bears quarterback of all time. And I love how you're putting Cutler was. and him in there, but Rex Grossman was the one who took you to a Super Bowl. Oh, no, no. <laughs> screw screw Rex Grossman. No, oh. that man slipped twice in the Super Bowl, a game where Devin Hester put us up six in the first couple seconds. And Still he took you there, man. <laughs> it does not. Anyone else could have taken us there. All, Mitchell Trubisky could have taken all us he had there. He was not team. getting in the way. Exactly. He got in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I he ruined it. I I'll never forgive that man. Yeah. I think that you know, I, Jared, you're on the like right track of it to where you know Russell Wilson does take you to another level, but it doesn't get you to the Super Bowl. I mean, they were what they were nine and seven last year. Uh, that that's not right. Yeah. They were nine and seven. I think at most they get eleven wins. Like I think Russell Wilson, like if we're talking a baseball term, like using wins above replacement or like. He is a two wins above replacement quarterback, like easily two wins. The question is, is what are you going to give up? Like Russell Wilson is going to require you to give up something. And if you're taken away from your defense, this might balance itself out. So he might give you two wins, but if you're giving up your best defensive players because you don't have draft prospects and you don't have draft stock, you're in the same boat. Yeah, that's going to be the tough thing for the Bears to figure out because, honestly, I don't know what we'd move. I don't know what we trade. Um, it, it's going to be a tough call for Ryan Pace, which also worries me that Ryan Pace is the one making this dis- potentially making this decision. Um, but at the end of the day, as a Bears fan, I just want to know what it's like to have a quarterback for once in my life. I just want to <laughs> see it happen. I also want a quarterback with the ability to close out a game in the third or fourth quarter when we're down against the Packers on a consistent level. Because I had to watch Aaron Rodgers do it for so many years. I want to give you guys a taste of uh, your own medicine. I would love to see Wilson complete one of his classic fourth quarter comebacks like he did on the Vikings earlier this year. I would love, I love the fact that he's in Seattle because we play him like once a year. Um, I would hate to see him come to the NFC North. If anything, I want him to go to, I want him just to go to the flipping Raiders, man. Like just send him to the Raiders. That'd be a waste. He's got Darren Waller. I mean, he's got probably one of the best tight ends in the league, at least. But it's more fun if he gives the Packers a run for their money, I think. I think that's a mm. lot more fun for everyone involved. Everybody well, in the chat, except for myself. Last year too. Oh, yeah? Oh, it is. No, it's, <laughs> it's, Aaron, it's Aaron Rodgers last year. I'm, I'm yeah, prepared. Sure. He's, I'm he's prepared gonna, to lose this. He's going to go to Los Angeles. That. He's engaged to a Hollywood actress now. He's going to Los Angeles. Just watch it happen. Mm-hmm. I'd, no. I... Mm. I, I know he's going to leave, unfortunately, but that's I, I thought that was inevitable as soon as they drafted Jordan Love last year in the first flipping round. That was dumb. <laughs> I mean, Awful. I was happy that happened, but that was dumb. I can't wait to see what our first round pick we're going to get this year. Cannot wait. Probably a defensive specialist because they don't draft offense. So the NBA uh, All-Stars were announced this week. Um well, at least the uh, the reserves and uh, a few players uh, in both conferences were left off in many people's opinions, one of which was Devin Booker, who uh, was later added by Adam Silver to replace Anthony Davis. 
how do you guys feel about like the all-star selections this year? I, I think it was shocking that Devin Booker didn't get in. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think if we expanded the MVP conversation beyond, I know a lot of people in their minds, it's LeBron, Embiid, and maybe Damian Lillard. Like, if we want to expand on that, I would imagine Devin Booker would be a top 10-ish MVP candidate, considering his just speaking purely value to a team. I mean, the Suns, where are they in the Western Conference standings right uh, now? I believe they're fourth. Last yeah, they're, yeah, they're among one yeah, of the best CP3. teams. They're, one, they're among, you know, one of the best teams in that conference. They're giving, you know, the Lakers... And the Clippers are run for their money in terms of record. They also I have mean, the fourth best record in the NBA overall. Right. right. And, and you know, I think that is good enough for something. And I think you can say Chris Paul is a big part of that. I'm shocked Chris Paul got in, really. Uh, but I, I, I would have thought Devin Booker would get in over Chris Paul from the Suns. I would have thought that too. I mean, Chris yeah. Paul definitely has moved the needle for this franchise, uh, something that it's needed for a long time. But it, it, I, I'm just shocked because in my mind still, Devin Booker is the um, cornerstone of that franchise. Yeah. And Chris like, Paul is name recognition in my opinion. Oh, that's yeah, that's, I, that I is what it is. I think it, it's name recognition. Not I mean, that he doesn't deserve an all-star selection, but over Devin Booker, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, going James going off of yours, I would put – I was surprised that you didn't list Luka because I thought he was going to be in the uh, MVP conversations again this year. Um, I mean, he's having a decent season for the Mavs. But I think he, record, he would though, be kind of if you expanded beyond those first three. I think yeah. he would be in that conversation too. Yeah. Like he might be able uh, like – top five easily pick amongst that group it's almost getting 30 points a game and almost averaging a double double so i mean yeah i i think that the all-star i think for chicago at least zach levine finally gets named to the all-star team for on the reserves too oh he just about that yeah the bulls have surprised people this year or at least in the last like couple weeks on how good they're playing united center yeah, the United Center is actually like contributing good talent with both the Bulls and the Blackhawks doing really well in the last couple of weeks. So, so here's a list of some of the snubs uh, that were. Uh, this is from the Ringer.com. Like, this is some of the players they think they think Mike Conley uh, was a snub. Um, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Uh, Chris Middleton. And DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, and uh, DeMar DeRozan. I love how they always – um, I feel like every season they always start bringing up DeMontis Sabonis like recently. Like, it's an all-star game. Like, he's a fun player. He's a good player. But you're supposed to have, like, all-time talent in there. No one really wants to see, like, a big man who could barely dribble the ball in. I think it's more about – you know, like name, like kind of like you were saying, name recognition, you want to put on a show for the fans more than, I guess, reward maybe the more deserving player. It seems that they're just trying to go more for like the eye value. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like the all-star game is definitely more, let's put 
a high score up on the board than the nitty gritty players who like don't put up 40 points a game. Yeah. For me personally, like when it comes to an all-star appearance, like I do recognize sometimes name recognition is like an overwhelming factor in like who gets in and who doesn't. But for me personally, like all-star selections, that's like legacy stuff. So if it comes to the point where we're, I'm watching like 24 Tim Duncans play against each other, I'm fine with that because yeah, maybe it's not the most exciting game, but like this is like stuff that impacts people's legacy. When you look at a player on their basketball reference page and you see like seven all-star appearances, this dude obviously had a pretty large impact on their generation at some level. Um, that's is usually like a factor that uh, like it's like a telling factor without like diving right into like what the player actually did Sabonis, so uh i forget his stats he's averaging like 20 and like i forget how many rebounds and blocks but whatever he's averaging he's like the first player in uh nba history to average that and not make an all-star game i think jimmy got i definitely think that jimmy got snubbed but that's my personal opinion i think jimmy butler is an undervalued and underrated player in the nba every year I mean, he was underrated with the Bulls and then got dished. I mean, I think that that's just kind of the narrative that he's been given at this point. With Butler, definitely deserves an all-star nod. I mean, what he's been averaging lately is insane. He's been putting up crazy 2K numbers. Um, But the only reason, and I wasn't shocked that he wasn't selected, the only reason, in my opinion, he didn't get selected was just lack of sample. Like, he he was out for a large portion of the season early on, which is – the main reason why the Heat are in the hole they're in right now, which uh, they're digging out of it, I'm not won't be shocked if they're a mid Eastern Conference seed by the end of the season. I mean, there's like what 35, 40 games left, something like that. And see, yeah. I believe the season ends in like April. Uh, May sixteenth it ends. Oh, May sixteenth now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some teams are going to be playing like forty games in sixty-four days. Welcome to baseball. Welcome to MLB. Oh, and there's a well. MLB is a little different from the physicality of the NBA. Yeah. They don't spend 90% of NBA games just standing around. I, I, I 100% agree with you, but. So, Anthony Edwards, I don't even remember what day this was. They were playing, uh, the Timberwolves were playing the Raptors. Anthony Edwards, big poster dunk. Uh, everyone on social media is going crazy for it, except for somebody coming on and saying, well, you know, Anthony Edwards is three for 14 in that game and 0 for seven from beyond the three point arc. And now people are arguing why are analytics people ruining uh, the fun part of sports for everyone, including uh, someone from Bleacher Report. I didn't get their name saying essentially nerds are becoming a detriment to the game and we need to let fun things be fun. Uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. What do you think of, like, is there a side you're on with this? Would you prefer we just have the highlights and take out, you know, enjoy the highlights for what they are? Uh, or do we need to, you know, consider analytics and everything? Who's being the bigger nerd here? I'll go first. Um, I'm kind of torn on this. Uh, I consider myself one of those nerds when it comes to NBA basketball. I live, breathe, and die for NBA basketball. I'm on basketball reference every single day constantly. But when it comes to, like, watching highlights, like, 
I don't care what the dude was shooting in a game if he went up and just had one of the craziest posters in probably the last 10 years of the NBA. Like, if I'm watching a highlight on House of Highlights and it's Anthony Edwards, like, taking on, like, half of Toronto and just posterizing somebody, like, I don't care what he was shooting in the moment. I'm enjoying the highlight for what it is. Like, why do you need to bring up his efficiency? Now, if it's a separate conversation where you're talking about, like, How's his rookie season been going? Well, like, oh, he's inconsistent because he's shooting three for 14 in a game and 0 for 7 for 3. Okay, that's different. Like, there's no need to, like, knock a guy down just because, I mean, he was on a poster and it's like, well, who cares that it was a highlight play? I mean, the dude was probably a salty Toronto Raptors fan. Now, on the other side of it, when it comes to the analytics conversation, as a nerd, I do think analytics have had a negative impact on the NBA and this is just my personal gripe with sports. I'm kind of resistant to change. So when analytics have taken to a point where like, don't shoot a mid-range shot, DeMar DeRozan, you're not an effective player because you take mid-rangers. I hate that. I hate that mid-range is like, it's become a stigma against it. Like I get technically it might be more efficient according to the numbers, but I like a game where there's balance. I want to see like all elements of the game used. Like, with the Denver Nuggets last night, you know what? When uh, Jamal Murray was going to pass to like one of the three guys, but they were all on the perimeter, there was one defender and an open lane where they could have won the game or tied it, but everyone sat on the three-point line. That is what analytics has done to the NBA because it's take the three-point shot before you look for anything else. When sometimes driving to the paint or the mid-range shot will do just fine, and if not be a better result. Sorry. And rant. That's me. I no, think that's fine. Rant. Yeah, no, I, you, you brought up a lot of good points on that. I think that, you know, from an entertainment perspective, just show the highlight. Cause if, if you're watching sports, like most likely you're going to see it on sports center, you're going to see it on Twitter or something like that as a highlight reel, you know, that doesn't need any context, especially like Sports Center is really good about usually at the end of it. It's like, okay, well, they show the score and then they show the box score of what they were like, they were three for 14 or whatever else, you know. So I think from an entertainment value, it just show it. I really don't care about the analytics of a player because, you know, we've seen in other sports too that some of the most ama- like amazing things that happen during a game are not always done by the people who are producing the most. Um, I am actually on the opposite side of you on in terms of analytics and sports. I think that it is, um, you know, there, there's a fine line on how much you use it. Um, and in certain sports, it's become obvious that analytics is going to put certain players out of business, mostly in baseball because left-handed hit, left-handed hitters can't hit the shift. And so it's kind of taken the fun out of the game. If you're using it for your own personal growth though, like from a player perspective of like, okay, like, I can't shoot like I shoot effectively from 20, like 20 to 25 feet out. Like that's a good way to use it. Um, Using it as a team perspective though, I think that there's like that line there of like, instead of taking the normal, like drive to the paint and get fouled, like, you know, I was taught to do when I played basketball, you know, it's become everybody just try and hit a rainmaker, even though, you're more likely to either one make the layup and draw the foul than you are making the flipping three. Like it, 
I think that it's a double-edged sword. If you're using it for personal development, fine. Like I think analytics are great for player development and great for bettering your own game. As a team perspective, it takes a lot of the fun out of the actual competition because it makes it very calculating. And I, analytics is huge in baseball. So I, I understand where it is in that. Like you don't ever see just players not shifting batter to batter, at least in baseball. So that's my stance on it. Uh, honestly, I think they should be really two separate conversations. When you're watching a game, if you see someone do a crazy dunk like Anthony, you're not running straight to the stat sheet and going like, oh, he's 214 right now. He's three for 14. Oh my God, that was his first shot in the first whatever quarter, however many minutes. I think you, I think people are taking things a little too far nowadays, looking too much into the numbers. You kind of just got to, I think you got to keep them, like I said, separate conversations. Just one is for the highlights. You enjoy them. And then when it comes down to it, you can critique a guy. You can go off his stats. You go off his numbers. You can talk about that. But you don't have to bring that up after he just completely dunks on a guy and their whole team. Okay. So I wanted to get everyone's perspective on that because I think it's important uh, not just for you guys, but for the people having this debate in general to understand it does not matter what side of the debate you're on. You are a nerd. I mean, if you're, if you're having this debate, like the, the funniest part was the guy in the S and the, the, I believe it was bleacher report video was sitting there wearing a, a San Diego Padres like uniform. And I'm like, dude, you're a sports nerd. If you're wearing this stuff, it's it, like, I, First off, I hate the connotation of nerd as a bad thing because I am unabashedly a nerd of football, uh, you know, music, other things. And regardless, if you're watching it and you're like dedicated to basketball enough to be a part of this debate, you're a nerd. Like you're you're a basketball nerd. And and I also get, I get frustrated with it because it's a double standard. I saw a thing last night. The NBA tweeted out, like, Derrick Rose is 7 for 7 out of the field. I'm like, well, a few days ago, we didn't give a damn about field goal percentage when it was Anthony Edwards dunking on a guy. And, like, all these people like, oh, I just want to enjoy the highlight and throw it out. Like, didn't the Timberwolves just fire their coach? <laughs> you th- like, did Anthony Edwards dunking save that coach's job? <laughs> like, like. I don't know, because I, I for years I've had to hear the debate of, you know, who's better, LeBron and Jordan or all these other players. And the first thing that always gets measure, measured is rings. And uh, to hear I wouldn't be like, oh, I don't care what the record is. I just want a good highlight. I'm like, the Timberwolves are the worst team in the NBA. And you're telling me you don't care. You just wanted to see Anthony Edwards do a cold dunk. And I'm like, that's great. After this week, we will never talk about the Timberwolves this season. But, <laughs> like, Max. I don't know. Uh, it's – it's because it's a double standard. Because the I'm sure in a few weeks, Joe Harris or somebody, or even, like, uh, like uh, Wally had mentioned, Sabonis, will have a game where they go 10 for 10, and everyone's like, wow, really good job. And I'm like, you did not care about field goal percentage a week ago. Like, and I watched the Derrick Rose highlight film. It was like, oh, he went seven for seven. And it was like, it was the most pedestrian basketball you could have. For seven and seven, it's great. But let's not 
double standard and say we don't care about it in one moment or we care about it in another. It's just frustrating. It's the silliest debate. And I'm just like, everyone's, it is the Simpsons uh, meme of two monkeys in a, in a knife fight uh, just arguing with each other. And at the end of the day, it's just amusing, I think. So I could be, I'm going to massacre this guy's name, but right now I don't have any level of respect for the guy to say his name correctly. His name is Zoltan Ibrahimovic, and he's a soccer player. Uh, There's probably a lot of people that just cringed at me saying that, but I'm not a big soccer fan, and I don't really care what this guy's name is. He said um, in an interview, LeBron is phenomenal at what he's doing, but I don't like when people have some kind of status. They go and do politics at the same time. Do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best at playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a a political politician, I would do politics. That is the big first mistake people do when they become famous and they become in this and when they become a certain status, stay out of it. Just do what you do best. It doesn't look good. Thoughts. Who was the person a couple years ago who told LeBron just to stick to dribbling a ball? Because I uh, feel like this is the same conversation. Yes. Laura, Laura Ingraham. Yeah, yeah that. Who got famous essentially off of saying lebron you might be famous but don't be talking about politics yeah. also can you say this guy's name again not because i want to embarrass you because <laughs> i want to talk about this guy uh zaltan ibrahimovic i think i said it better the second time around <laughs> so zaltan ibrahimovic just call him zaltan i think that's what most zaltan anyway no because i was about to bring up ronaldo messi you know all these other players and he's one for you like listen man i'm good at soccer i like i'm famous but i don't throw around man are you <laughs> i've never heard of this guy in my life <laughs> i've like, heard the this... first name before i have not i couldn't provide I ever all right. Here's a fun game we can play. Everyone take three guesses as to what club he's on. What club oh is Zoltan on? I saw a picture of him in his interview yesterday, and I still couldn't tell you. Exactly. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe this is a ignorant American thing, but like probably a little bit. Why? Why? why probably a lot of it. <laughs> I'm ready to die on this mountaintop with you, though, James. Go ahead. Like this is this is the equivalent of like. If I went out and said, LeBron James, I know better than you. <laughs> like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, LeBron James unabashedly is better at basketball than this guy I've never heard of at soccer. I'm 10,000% sure. I'd double down on that. I, and I like, would, I, would, yeah. I would second that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on. I have to Google this guy. I can't pronounce his name. What is it? Uh, Zoltan... Ibrahim, uh, Ibrahimovic. We're getting there. Okay, I've seen this face before. He's a little popular. You know, he, he's not too bad of a player. Yeah, like, I assume he's good because I recognize mm-hmm. the name. But I know he's not like a Messi or a Ronaldo level. He's player. not a FIFA cover athlete, that, if that's what you're referring to. Like, Basically. Yeah. And just my biggest problem with what he's saying is, okay, I'm guessing based off the name and the sport he's playing, he's not American. And also, he had a thick accent in uh, the interview. Where does he come off to where he's like, 
does he know what's going on in America right now? Does he know what LeBron James means to the community he's sticking up for and having an opinion and talking about the problem going on in the black community? Does he not understand? Like, why are you inserting yourself into an America American political discussion when you he clearly has no idea what he's talking about? LeBron James has a massive platform, and we're in the age where athletes and celebrities and movie stars have like the biggest platforms in the world. LeBron James, who grew up in Akron, Ohio, uh, as an underprivileged youth, I think knows a thing or two about what he's talking about when he's talking about the disparity between races. So what LeBron James does is he uses his platform as to amplify the voices of people that otherwise would not have a voice and their stories would not be getting told. And he's essentially telling LeBron James, like so many other people in the media have on the other side of the conversation to shut up and dribble. That's exactly what he's saying without saying it. And it just, I just, I just, I don't get it. Like why, and why is he concerned about what LeBron's saying? Uh, What's going on in America has nothing to do with your sport. Doesn't have anything to do with your country or anything else like that. I, I, I just can't get over this Swedish, Swedish, is he Swedish? I'm on his Wikipedia. I assume so. I'm learning about him in real time. Like, <laughs> this is the level, like, this is the thing I can't get over. This guy said LeBron James shouldn't get into politics. And I think collectively, 99% of Americans said, who is this person? And vice yeah. versa. I'm sure a lot of people who care about soccer, like uh, maybe less than 99%, I'm sure there's people all around the world who know of LeBron James collectively went who is he talking about why does he care i think that it's i think it's just a stupid attack on it and i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you know european football under the bus on this one you know they wouldn't be saying this if it was the u.s women's national team like they've been doing for the past two years saying we want to be paid equal as their men counterparts who suck like the u.s men's national team is trash like if anything, they're right in saying it, you know, it it goes back to, you know, the, I think it's the ignorance of the fan base of that, you know, those fans who are like, well, I watch sports to get away from politics. Okay. Then turn it off. Like legitimately, if you don't like, if you legitimately don't like what they're saying in a post-game interview, nobody's forcing you to watch, you know, it, they have a platform that they are able to use and I am 100% for it, you know, especially on issues that don't seem to be getting addressed in our current society. You know, we need as many voices that have power because it seems like anybody who has power and money is the only ones who can actually change the conversation to be able to speak up, you know, as a Chicago Cubs fan, you know, two years, I think it was two years ago at a, uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida when that school shooting happened. Anthony Rizzo came out and spoke hard against the gun lobby, against every single representative in the state of Florida, against the governor, against the Senate, because of the fact he went to school there. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave him flack. You know, I think that this is a double standard. One, because African, like LeBron James is an African-American athlete. So I think that I'm not saying that this guy has a white privilege on his hands, but, you know, 
like, what's your beef? You're only going to take out, you're only going to like throw out that it's LeBron doing it. There are hundreds of other athletes who have been just as vocal as LeBron has in the last two years. And you want to go after that. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's wild coming from like another athlete too. Like, I know there's probably not as much problems like in like social problems that uh, is going on in like Europe, but you still get to use your platform like how you want to use it. He's using it to talk about LeBron James. LeBron James can use it to talk about politics and what's going on in America. I think it's like kind of like you guys are saying, it's like a little double standard. And I Uh, think two two final things. One, I'm learning that uh, Zoltan Ibrahimovic had a song that peaked 13 on the charts in Sweden. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to say, and I don't know how to say this name of the song either, but it's uh, considered the de facto national anthem of Sweden. Uh, Song till uh, Norden is, I think, that's the original name. I'm not going to try and pronounce the new name. I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to do a terrible job. I also love, this is the second thing, that Zoltan says uh, he doesn't need to be uh, have a place in politics, but I'm sure he wouldn't object to LeBron being a spokesman to sell shoes, considering Zoltan is a freaking Nike athlete. <laughs> and that's like totally like against the grain for Nike, because Nike is super progressive when it comes to like, especially yes. encouraging their athletes to speak out and have a voice. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna check Zoltan's Wikipedia page daily to see if Nike's still endorsing him. <laughs> Just see if anything yeah, yeah. How, if they can get out of that contract. I mean, <sighs> Spencer Jones got uh, pummeled by a man in a bathroom in Oklahoma. Uh, he's a Oklahoma uh, wide receiver, and he tried to fight. Uh, this, these two, he and a buddy tried to fight these two small, small men, and they took them to the cleaners. Spencer Jones had to go and get emergency surgery to save his eye, and oh, I'm man. not, I'm not going to pretend for two seconds like, oh, now I feel bad for him. You tried to bully two guys in a bathroom. No social distancing, by the way, of course, because it's Oklahoma. And it's exactly. exactly the, the <laughs> only venue. Sooner. The only venue you can get this type of stuff is in an Oklahoma bathroom. Let's be honest. Or um, anywhere down in Florida, but <laughs> just very funny to me. Just very, very funny to me. Uh, and then the Deion Sanders thing also very in the moment, very uh, uh, messed up. But I guess now the further it's gone along, the more funny it's been. Deion Sanders what happened in the Deion Sanders thing. Deion Sanders, uh, new head coach at Jackson State. Uh, beat some team 43 nothing, And he came out and he said, I'm very upset. I got robbed during the game. <laughs> like, he leads his press conference like this. <laughs> and now in the past few days, the university's gone, oh, he wasn't robbed. Things were misplaced. And Deion Sands, no, that's, no, that's not true. I got robbed. <laughs> and just this saga that's gone on for for like two days now. It is extremely funny to me i don't know which one is funnier um i think just for the sake that we have visuals of it it's the spencer jones one of him getting rear naked choked on a a urine covered bathroom floor with his friend being slammed 
uh, face first into a wall. I think for the sake of that, it's great. And also the commentary of the cameraman saying, oh, wow, rear, rear naked choke and realizing in real time, oh, no, these men have made grave mistakes. Well, one of the guys was an MMA, uh, MMA fighter. Like, he's yeah, that was why they got that was yeah. why they got whooped, because they have, I guess, like a decade something experience in MMA. And uh, I know that. The I MMA know that fighter he, is uh he got hurt in that like he tore his bicep or something so he started GoFundMe suing at work. Yeah, he's suing them. I mean, power to uh, they punched him in the face or something like yeah, they I mean, the fight. It, so it kind of started it. I mean, I, I love how TMZ picked it up after the fact. I was reading up on it last night. It was the University of Oklahoma student run paper that picked it up in the arrest reports. Oh yes, man! They're they're doing good. The, the OU Daily broke this thing. Like student journalism gets a huge win on this one. Like hats off to them. Student journalism hat, for the win. <laughs> student journalism and Boomer Sooner. Like oh boy, I can't wait for the Red River rivalry. Now, I don't care about Texas Oklahoma football. <laughs> I I want to see what Texas fans do to this guy. <laughs> If he plays again, I don't know. If he, I, 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 hope, think I, hope for, I think he's losing his scholarship. I oh, probably he is. I mean, at this point, he was lucky he didn't lose his his eye. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. I think that again, Oklahoma football was not very relevant this year. So to have this happen in the off season, like, just gives them something to talk about until next year. Okay.